Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hey, this is Hunter McBrayer, Executive Director of the Alabama Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association. We're back here on AgCast, and we're excited to have one of our friends of AFVGA and a friend of our growers from all the way across the state, Dr. Edgar Vinson. Edgar Vinson works with Auburn University and the Alabama Cooperative Extension System as an assistant extension professor uh, working to, to research our fruit and to try to help our growers out. Thanks, Dr. Vinson, for hanging out with us for a little while today. You're welcome, and thanks for inviting me. Hey, absolutely. So before, uh, I mean, a lot of our fruit and vegetable growers are very familiar with you. They've heard from you at the Fruit and Vegetable Growers Conference and a lot of growers' meetings. Tell us a little bit about you for those people that uh, maybe don't go to as many fruit meetings as some of our folks do. Okay, well, um, I've been with the with the department, well, the, with the extension for about uh, this May will be five years. Uh, in this capacity, uh, and previously I've, I've worked in the Department of Horticulture, and I, and I still do, but uh, I worked in the Department of Horticulture as an, uh, a, a uh, research uh, associate, and I also had an opportunity, had several opportunities throughout the years to work uh, along with uh, Extension, although I was not uh, a, an employee of Extension, I did work uh, with Extension and um, helped with uh, several meetings and conferences and uh, and uh, just uh, had, had a really good time uh, doing that, presenting uh, essentially what, I, what I'm doing now, presenting some research-based information to growers. So... Uh, I actually was thinking about probably the first time that you and I ever met, and I think that you had actually come to speak for me when I was an extension agent. I think uh, Eddie Wheeler had probably had you up to yeah. Marshall County, and, and you came up and talked. And I, I, this is going to sound kind of silly, but I remember thinking, man, that Edgar's a pretty sharp guy. I'm pre- I, I was happy that you came up there. I, I don't remember what all we were talking about. That's been probably six years ago, five years ago, somewhere yeah, in there. But yeah. uh, I, I was thinking about probably the first time I met you. So how do you, yeah. you know, fruit research is not easy. Uh, it's it's a lot of hand labor. It's a lot of, uh, you know, you're bent over working in a field a lot of times. How did you kind of settle on doing fruit research? Well, it, I, I'd say it was probably a series of events series of events that led me to uh, fruit uh, research. I've, I've, I've always been interested in, in research, uh, even since I was a little kid. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, you know, I think back, you know, uh, it, any, it, most of the punishments that I got as a, as a child were because of backfired experiments. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so I, I, I've always had the uh, research bug in me, but um uh, but just being, I think, just being at the right place at the right time, um, it, it, it just it, it just worked out that way. I was in the in the department, and uh, I had an opportunity to work with uh, Dr. Alina Conova, who's a uh, professor and 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 fruit specialist and in the Department of Horticulture, and uh, just learned a lot working with her and developed an interest. Uh, more of an interest in fruit crops. I was working with vegetable crops before that, and um, but uh, developed more of an interest in in fruit crops working with her. Well, and, and now you're based out of the Chilton County Research and Experiment Station, and so you're right there in the heart of of fruit country in Alabama, and of course right there with all the peaches and strawberry growers, and uh, I know that they're excited to have you there. 
Tell me a little bit on when we we think about what's going on at the research station, and we'll we'll get into some of the more uh, most recent happenings, I guess, for, in a little bit. But tell me a little bit about some of the research that you've got going on at the experiment station, and and some of the importance of having it there. The first thing that comes to mind uh, is is the thing that greeted me uh, when I first started this position, and that is uh, the uh, dormancy issues, the lack of chilling, chill hours, but your audience might know that uh, that fruit trees and well, deciduous trees in general, uh, they uh, require a certain number of chill hours uh, during the, uh, the, the winter time that would allow them to break dormancy in the spring when temperatures have warmed. Uh, but, but trees have to get adequate amounts of chilling in order for that to occur. And uh, when I first started, there, were, there, was a, there was a problem with that. And that was the first thing that greeted me. And so I immediately uh, launched into uh, some research in that area. Also, we had issues with invasive insects like the spotted winged Drosophila and more recently the brown marmorated stink bug, uh, which uh, has really, uh, at least not, not in the past year, but in the previous years, really got established in our in our um, agriculture uh, endeavors and, and just really caused some issues in, in uh, crop loss. So it's been working with peach dormancy issues, invasive insect pests, and also uh, one thing that I really get a charge out of is, is looking into new potential crops or exploring uh, non-traditional or underutilized crops like fig and uh, persimmon and uh, pomegranate even. And even one crop that we're looking at, it's, as far as I know, has not been tried here, and that's the uh, the honeyberry or the hascap, which looks like an elongated blueberry, uh, but it's uh, not related to the blueberry. It's a member of the honeysuckle family. So, and it's, uh, so those are the types of research that, research projects I'm looking at now. Um, of course, uh, disease issues with peach, um, that's another thing that uh, greeted me when I first started, and um, one in particular, which I think is probably the, uh, the leading uh, concern, the biggest threat to the peach industry now is the armillaria root rot or oak root rot. So I've been engaged in, in uh, several projects there uh, trying to find some solutions to mitigate that, uh, that uh, disease pest. Well, and that was one of the, the questions I wanted to ask you is, you know, when, when we talk to peach producers or really any fruit or vegetable producer, we have so many challenges here in Alabama because of our heat, our humidity, Insects love to live in Alabama, which means that yeah. they love to, uh, you know, impact yeah. our, our crop producers, not just fruits and vegetables, but, I mean, everything included, corn, soybean, whatever it may be. And so, but really, when I think of peaches, everyone always wants to know, how's the Chilton County peaches going to turn out this year? What, what are we looking at? Uh, the challenge of dormancy is one of those. It would Between it and oak root rot, I would say that has to be the most, you know, limiting yeah. factor now, and and has that changed over the years, um, when, especially when it comes to being able to bring those trees out of dormancy. It has, it um, it has changed over the years, and uh, more recently, uh, we're we're seeing an increase. Uh, it seems like more often than not, we have a season where we've got some sort of deficiency in in chilling, 
And um, it's, it's gotten to the point that uh, a lot of the varieties that have required uh, quite a bit of uh, chilling uh, have uh, a lot of our growers have backed away from those. In fact, we don't, um, there are some, some varieties we don't really recommend any longer. Uh, though they were great peaches, great varieties, uh, they're just we just don't recommend them any longer because they're they have such a high chilling requirement, and we're uh, increasingly not able to meet that chilling for those varieties. Well, I think uh, it, that kind of goes into our our next question. Let if you're okay with, let's take a break here to hear uh, from one of our sponsors, and we'll be back in just a minute with Dr. Edgar Benson. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit, and while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Hey, we're back with Dr. Edgar Vinson, Assistant Extension Professor uh, with Auburn University and with Alabama Cooperative Extension System. Well, Dr. Vinson, we've talked a little bit about the research that you do there uh, at Chilton County at the Research and Extension Station, um, and, and you were talking about dormancy and how that's a continued problem. But then we also have the issue with late frost and cold, you know, cold snaps. Uh, our, our, when I was growing up, we'd call them blackberry winters. Uh, you know, is when, when we would it, that fake summertime that we can sometimes get in March. Tell us a little bit about how our growers can deal with those those cold protection. We just last week we had, and I think in some parts of Alabama it dipped down into the high twenties, uh, but definitely low thirties across a lot of Alabama. How how do we handle those types of things here? Yes, uh, those uh, late season frosts are, are very bad on our crops, and uh, a lot of our growers will uh, take a, a, a pretty big loss because of situations like that. Um, one of the things that some growers do is, in, and that is to delay pruning, uh, so that they will have more of an opportunity, or more of a chance of, of getting uh, the, the level of survival that uh, that they can and that they can get in their buds. On their trees, so the more, so essentially, the more buds that are present uh, on the tree, uh, the more chances you, you have of having a, a a decent crop. And so that's one of the things that we recommend. Uh, the next thing would be uh, to um, you can use uh, frost protection. Uh, and the main type of frost protection, at least here in the state, is the use of wind machines. And uh, what happens there is that the Wind machines, they're about uh, 50 or so feet tall, and they, uh, what they what they do is they pull warmer air from an inversion layer, an, an inversion layer or a, a warmer layer of air above the, the peach orchard. And the uh, wind machines, uh, the, the action of that uh, wind machine um, pulls that warm air down over the orchard, and it uh, prevents the the fruit from or the trees from being exposed to uh, those uh, those critical temperatures that uh, can ruin the fruit it's always been so interesting to me that we you know we create wind which most everybody would associate with wind is, is a you know wind chill whenever we're uh, in the winter time right. they always talk about the wind chill but really it's the wind is what saves the peaches and and um, it, it's it, it's always been one of those things that almost a head scratcher sometimes, but it makes sense. Cold air, you know, sinks, hot air rises a little bit and kind of gets stuck in there, and um, just a little bit. It's a, it's 
on the critical temperature side of things, what kind of critical temperature are we looking at when it comes to peaches? Does it depend on the state of the stage of the peach and, and what it can take? Exactly. And it's more the further along the peaches are in development or, or the bloom is in, is in development, the greater the chance chances of uh, having a uh, having damage from a frost. And so then that's what's been a particular issue this year is uh, is that uh, a lot of our, our varieties have were well advanced and even to the point of fruit set. And so you had we had tiny uh, peaches on the trees and they're they're more susceptible to late season frosts than say a a bud that's uh, that's just barely broken open or or is still tight and enclosed and in that dormant state. So the more dormant those those um, those tissues are, the less chance there there are for uh, for damage due to cold. So you know we we've talked about peaches, but a lot of folks are, are thinking strawberries right now. Peaches people are picking strawberries at U picks, uh, really at least up through central Alabama. But it's just another week or two before the, it's for statewide. What did our strawberry growers do? What kind of options do they have to try to protect their strawberries from frost? Because they can't handle it either, right? Exactly. Yeah. And um, uh, one thing that I'll mention first is the use of irrigation. Um, they, um, they're they're uh, applying water to the fruit and flowers, and developing fruit and, and the flowers uh, to create uh, ice on, on the uh, plant. And so what happens is that you get something called latent heat of, of, of fusion, and that's when ice, when water is actually freezing, there's some heat that's released. And so if you if you have the that constant freezing um, situation on the on the on the plants, then that heat is being um, just being constantly released, and so that that helps to preserve that that fruit or that bloom. And prevent it from um, um, getting damaged by the frost, uh, but you know that can that's that's pretty tricky sometimes. And oftentimes, what happens if 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 a grower uses it, uh, oftentimes the they're not able to get the water on on time. And so once the water is on, and uh, if it's too late, the water gets onto the plant. It will actually drop that temperature of the plant. Well below uh, freezing, and the the, the uh, fruit or the flowers ruined at that point, and so that that can be pretty tricky. And what what I see mostly is the use of row covers, and it's essentially a non-woven fabric, and uh, it's it's pulled over the fruit or over the crop, and and depending on the thickness, it can uh, can uh, keep temperatures about eight degrees, as high as eight degrees. Uh, uh, Fahrenheit above ambient, and uh, so that's been pretty effective. And that's what a lot of growers will do is they'll put the they'll put the row cover on their plants and leave them there until after the threat of frost is gone, and then they'll remove them. Well, having uh, having been out on some strawberry farms, I think I was lured out whenever they were getting ready to pull row covers uh, on or off plants. I can tell you, I have a hard enough time making up a bed, and when I start pulling row covers across a couple acres of strawberries, it's a it's a pretty big undertaking. And and uh, especially when there's about a 15 mile an hour wind with a cold front behind it, it's like a big kite out there trying to trying to get them laid down. So exactly. Well, well, Dr. Vincent. Uh, 
tell us a little bit uh, as we get are wrapping up here. How can our folks learn more from you or from the commercial horticulture team? What are some of the best ways that uh, they can get some of the most up-to-date information from y'all uh, when it comes to fruit or vegetable production too? They can contact their local extension office. Uh, we we're, we always have uh, advertisements for upcoming meetings and uh, uh, or events, uh, conferences. Uh, they can also uh, log on to aces.edu, uh, and uh, uh, there's a calendar of events that uh, sort of runs across the screen. They can click on that event on the calendar, and they get all the information that they need, and they can register, and they can be, uh, they can be uh, made aware of whether or not uh, the uh, the meeting requires registration or if there's some sort of fee. but. Uh, that those are two ways I think two of the best ways I think to uh, to to find out more. All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll wrap up there for the day. We I think we'll probably have Dr. Vincent back a couple different times throughout the year to talk about the fruit crop as it is throughout the state and and maybe some updates on it. Dr. Vincent, thanks for taking a little bit of time to hang out with us today, and and we appreciate all you do for our growers. Yeah, you're quite welcome. It's been a pleasure. Again, this is Hunter McBrayer, Executive Director of the Alabama Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association. Be sure to check out our show notes for the links to any of the upcoming meetings that Dr. Vincent mentioned coming out of the commercial horticulture team. Until next time, thanks for joining us for AgCast. And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. Hey, this is Hunter McBrayer, Executive Director of the Alabama Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association. You've just got done listening to a good conversation with Dr. Edgar Vinson of the Alabama Cooperative Extension Systems Commercial Horticulture Team. If you're new to fruit or vegetable production, or if you're very interested in trying to up your game a little bit, I encourage you to go and download the Farming Basics app from Alabama Extension. It's a information field app that has all sorts of things about horticultural crops, information on major insect pests and diseases, some general management tactics, and even a fertilizer irrigation calculator to assist you in helping understand all of the information that comes in in a soil test. You can find the app anywhere you download apps for your mobile device. Be sure to check it out. That's the Farming Basics app from Alabama Extension. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.